fifth grade. Everybody else, would you please turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. We have quite a wide range of people that are here today. Some are younger, some are older. Many are right in the middle. If you consider yourself right in the middle, that's perfectly fine. That's where I consider myself to be. My kids would tell you something different when I, when I get up out of the chair or make noises walking around the house. But when we look at all the different groups that are here today, I think that there is one thing that we can all pull in that we're going to be talking about today and over the next few weeks. If there is one discipline that the young believer, the one new to Christ, needs to focus in on and work at, it is the discipline of prayer. If there is but one discipline that the seasoned Christian, the one that has been through so much in this life, if there's only one discipline that they need to improve in their life, make stronger, it is the discipline of prayer. There are some individuals who will say, well, I do pray. I pray when somebody asks me to pray for something. I have a list that I pray for sometimes. Or when there's a, you know, a special prayer request. That's times that I will pray. And some individuals are very, very content to have that as the only time to pray in their life, except for maybe bowing their heads before a meal. For the one that says, I only pray when there is a need, or I only pray when God is leading me to pray, I need to say, with love, you are wrong. The follower of Jesus Christ who neglects the discipline of prayer is missing out on so much of what God wants you to have in this present world. He's left us here for a specific work, and prayer needs to be at the heart of that. And many will ask, what do you mean by prayer? What exactly are we going to be getting into as we open God's word and look at this? Well, there are some things that prayer is. There are some things that prayer is not. Prayer is not you sending God to run your errands, if I can use that line that flippantly. Prayer is not you getting your will done in heaven. But instead, it's God getting His will done here in this world. For some of you who are searching, prayer is the key to knowing the great things that God wants you to attempt for Him in your life. When we develop the discipline of prayer, it can shatter the shackles of addiction the addiction that some of you are struggling with today. Some individuals who you know that have an addiction problem. Prayer can shatter the shackles of misery and loneliness in this life. God has made this accessible to us. Prayer does not need proof. Prayer needs practice. And it's a good thing to study It's a good thing for us to be challenged at a time like this and over the next several weeks about prayer. But that cannot substitute for just jumping in and going for it. 
And so if your marriage is under attack, I want to call us to pray. If your children are under attack, if they're far from God, pray. If you're having struggles at your work, pray. Or even if you are in a season of life where you feel like you had one moment where you were very, very close to God, but it seems that God is is so far away now. Pray, pray, pray. There is one who would do everything he can from hearing, getting you to hear this message today. There is one who trembles when God's people pray, and that is the devil himself. The devil is very, very open to you being busy with all kinds of things. He's okay with you studying God's word if it's apart from prayer. The devil's okay with you serving in a volunteer type way, even at church, if it's separated from prayer. The devil is okay for you to do so many things, even good things, if he can keep you from praying. But when the devil sees God's people on their knees and sees them in force calling out to God, he cannot ignore it, and that is what makes him shake. He understands what it means in James 5.16. The prayer of a righteous person has great power, and it's working. All that to take us to Romans chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible, there's a pew Bible in front of you. It's page 1083. Feel free to keep that Bible if you don't have a Bible of your own. Prayer is so important to us. If the Holy Spirit is going to lead you in your life and is going to be obvious in each step of your life, that will only come through prayer. Or if you are one that needs to intercede for others. Has anybody here had somebody come to you with a prayer request in the past few weeks? You're going to intercede for others. That will only prove fruitful when it comes through prayer. We're going to be looking at prayer in a few different angles in the upcoming weeks. And today, very, very specifically, we're going to get into prayer when it comes to the involvement of the Trinity and more specifically, the involvement of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to read verses 26 and 27 of Romans 8, and then we'll walk through that passage. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And so this deep work of prayer is accomplished when we embrace the Trinity. And you and I are going to be at different levels of our life because some of you have been praying and studying God's word for over 60 years. Some of you longer. Some of you are very, very new to the Christian journey. And so it will look different for each of us. 
but we all have in common that God wants us to be people of prayer. And it does not matter if you were saved yesterday or if you were saved 80 years ago. You can be one who is strong in prayer. We're going to see God's will. That's how that passage ends in verse 27, according to the will of God. And a few different ways that we can pray according to the will of God. The first one that I see here is we can, God's will is accomplished in prayer when we are ignorant and do not know what to pray. Does that sound a little strange? God's will is going to be accomplished when we pray, when we genuinely don't know what to say. You see, there are many that say, I know how to pray. And there are different forms of prayer. But what we see here in Romans chapter 8, this is, this is a deeper level of prayer. This is something that God wants us to have. The depth is a place that most Christians, I need everybody to listen to this, most people are not willing to go this deep. Most are fine to have that praying without ceasing, and they're fine to pray if you give them a prayer request. But there is something that God offers us in prayer that we must embrace and grab a hold of, and it is not easy. And so I don't want to discourage you today by telling you I'm asking you to do something that's not easy, but that's all I got. Everything I'm going to challenge you to do today is hard, boots on hard work of prayer. Deep prayer. But the good news is, is God has made it very, very accessible to anyone. And the first step to this powerful prayer is simply admitting that you cannot do it. The first step to going to this depth is saying, I do not know how to pray as I ought Before anything else, acknowledgement of ignorance is needed. But when you do this, it's it's not without hope. I don't want to discourage you and think, if I just say, I can't do it, I do not know how to pray as I ought, which, by the way, all you're doing is repeating what the Apostle Paul wrote here in Romans 8. When you genuinely believe that and admit that to God, that is the first step. And that is the place that's going to take you, not to where you quit, but where you're acting on faith. Faith in prayer is jugular to going to this deep level. And when we find faith, we find there is hope. Hope is in this kind of praying, the kind of hope that Abraham found. If we can go all the way back, almost to the beginning, In Genesis, where we find Abraham and on that journey, and God comes to Abraham, and here's what he says, I want you to go to a place. And Abraham has the question, okay, well, where is it? And God doesn't give the answer. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. It's true to say I've never used the words wonderful and ignorance together in a sentence, but here it comes. There is a wonderful 
ignorance that is involved in this kind of praying. There was a wonderful ignorance that Abraham had as God taught him how to trust him. If we can fast forward all the way back to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul lets us know that there is not one man on human earth that knows the things of God. But instead, who knows the things of God? It is the Spirit of God. And so this is not only about getting the answer to prayer. This is also about getting the prayer request. How do I know what to pray? It starts by saying, I do not know how to pray as I ought Maybe you, like me, have had the opportunity to see a, a, a program, movie, or a show where they brought a mind reader into the group, and these mind readers just blow everybody away. You know, maybe they had some training in psychology, or maybe they just had a really keen sense of observation, and so it seemed like they could read the mind of another, but it's always a sham. It's never true. Because as well as you know somebody else, you cannot completely know what is going on in their mind. But that is not the picture that we have when it comes to us being able to pray in accordance with the will of God. The Bible is very, very clear that we can pray perfectly in accordance with God's will. And that's what is taking place with the Holy Spirit here. Not only getting the answer, but getting the request from God. And none of us knows what the mind of God is, but the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. And so let me repeat, and I don't want anybody misquoting me. Prayer list, good thing. Do not throw that away. Being a person that gets approached with prayer requests, because you're a praying individual, that's a good thing. Do not stop that. But there is something more available to us. We can pray in perfect unison with God through the Holy Spirit. And in just these two short verses, the next thing that I see is God's will is accomplished in prayer when the Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses. We fall back, we admit our ignorance, we admit we cannot do it. And then we see amazing, amazing things happen when the Holy Spirit gets involved. And when we are weak, then God is strong. That applies to our prayers as well. Let's talk about the Trinity for a moment. And I'm going to challenge us. I'm going to give us some very specific uh, disciplines to lead us down this road. When we think of prayer and we think of the Trinity, I want to challenge you to think of all three parts of the Trinity. Not in that praying without ceasing, we don't need to, you know, stop and everything that we're doing with that part. But when we get serious about prayer, this is going to be very, very important to us having a culture of prayer in our life. First of all, we think about the Father. Our Heavenly Father, where is He at? He's in heaven. We have the example of Jesus Christ spending time praying to the Father. He is in heaven, sitting upon his throne, and he is waiting for you to call out to him in prayer. Even right now, 
He is waiting for his children to call out to him in prayer. So when you approach this deep part of prayer, remember what God the Father is and then remember the power that he has. Sometimes I'll even look up attributes of God or I'll draw some from my memory banks. And when I start to pray, I'll think of that part of God. It really starts to put me in my place. We think of God the Father in our praying because he is sitting upon the throne waiting for us, and we think of the Son. Now, when you and I think of Jesus Christ, we oftentimes think of the works that he did that are recorded in the New Testament for us. And we could go on and list those. Don't you think we could talk for hours about all the things that Jesus did if we just had a conversation among us today? Of course we could. And of all of those things listed, we rejoice in them, we sing about them, we praise God for them, but he's not on the earth anymore. How long is our conversation going to take when we talk about things that he's doing today? I want to suggest it doesn't take that long because what God the Son is doing is he is praying for you and for me. We know his location. He ascended up into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and his position there is he is the mediator and he is the intercessor so when you approach prayer and you think of god the father ready to bless having all power can do anything you think of god the son and of course they are all co-equal but we think of the son in his role and he is there and of all the things we can list he did here in this earth that list is so much shorter today because he is there today to pray for you on your behalf he's ready as intercessor think of the son in his glory having no other work that i know of except for praying the king of glory, and yet his highest work is a constant stream of intercession, and we can't slow him down. Don't think of it like bandwidth, and if we all start praying at once, it's going to slow Jesus down. He can take it. All over the world, people lifting their prayers, and he never misses a beat. He is the king of glory, his highest work, saying this, Father would you bless your children? Father, they're, they're coming to you. Father, they need you. They love you. Will you bless your children on earth? And there is an unceasing flow of blessings coming from the Father. And from the Son comes the flow to the Holy Spirit who resides within the children of God. Romans chapter 8 very clearly is about the involvement of the Holy Spirit in our praying. And if we are self-satisfied, we will never get to that place. And we will not see the power that God wants us to see here in this world. And so we have God giving, Christ praying, the Holy Spirit blessing by giving us the prayers in perfect harmony with God the Son. And so where do we begin? Silence. There's nothing wrong with a bit of silence in our prayers. 
There are some expressions that we don't hear anymore today. You're just, you're just not going to hear them anymore. Um, the the um, old expression, I wish I had a camera. You never hear anybody say that anymore. Because almost all the time, I mean, how many cameras do you think are in this room right now? About, about 175 probably, right? Does anybody remember back in the olden days when you were in math class and the math teacher would say, you better learn this because you're not always going to have a calculator with you. Remember that? And they were wrong, weren't they? Because nowadays we always have a calculator with us, don't we? When my kids were young, they would come and they would use a word that I did not care for. They would come and just very rarely, and this was a battle we fought, they would say, I'm bored. And my first response when they would say, I'm bored, was to grab a bag and to go to their room and start to remove the toys from the toy box. Why is your mother and why am I wasting our time with buying you all these toys if you're going to say, I'm bored? We didn't throw their toys away. They, they turned out okay. <laughs> but that's an expression you don't hear anymore. Don't miss this. When was the last time you talked to an adult or a teenager and they said, I'm bored? Why do people not get bored anymore? Because we have these handheld computers and you can check your email and you can listen to music and you can watch a video and you can do all kinds of things at any point and so we are never bored And I'm not going to stand here today and tell you we need to be standing up against these little devices. But I am going to tell you this. The devil will use that to keep you away from silence. You can go the rest of your life and never experience any silence. Three seconds of silence, I'll pick that baby up and I'll find something going on. Now, I know some of you don't struggle with this, but for some of you, it is a big struggle. And you cannot hear from God if you will not be patient in silence. Admit your ignorance. Admit that you cannot do it on your own. Your weaknesses need something, and that something that you need is God. Why is silence needed? Because when we think, listen, when you're approaching prayer and you spend some time in silence, I'm asking you to think about the Trinity, God the Father in his involvement, God the Son in his involvement, God the Holy Spirit in his involvement. And then when you have time to think on this, you're going to think of yourself. What happens to your opinion of yourself and your sufficiency when you're thinking about Almighty God? He has all power. He has all presence. He has all knowledge. And then I include myself into that equation. And God makes me feel like the smallest person standing next to the biggest ocean. And that's where God wants us. Not a confidence in ourselves, but a confidence in Him. Think on the Trinity and what's involved in each one of them. And the next thing that we see here in these short verses is God's will is accomplished in prayer when the Holy Spirit prays in a way that you and I never could. No matter how good you are at prayer, 
the Holy Spirit prays in a way that we never can. And you and I, we don't want to get to that place because we want a perfect almighty God interceding for us. Paul says that the Holy Spirit intercedes according to the will of God. We've studied prayer before. We've said if you want to be confident that you are praying perfectly in God's will, you can pray Scripture. If you're praying Scripture promises, you can be confident that you're not praying anything outside of God's will. But what about outside of the written Word of God? There can be perfect, spotless prayer going up on your behalf because the Holy Spirit prays in a way that you and I never could. Now, I don't want to set you up for thinking there's going to be some kind of an incredible honeymoon period. When we pray like this, it is not always with a, a rush of emotion, okay? Sometimes there might be. Sometimes you might feel very close to God. You might feel very warm. You might even say, you know what? I want to stay in this place. But there are some times that we are sitting quietly and we're feeling so inadequate And sometimes that power in prayer might kick in in the upcoming hours. It's very, very possible that when you spend time in silence and in meditation and allowing the Holy Spirit to pray perfectly on your behalf, it's very, very possible that you will see the fruit from that in the upcoming weeks. And God prepares His children for what He has ahead of them. But it cannot be fully grasped. It is a deep work. It's a work where we are dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And then the last thing that I see here is that God's will is accomplished in prayer when we trust that God's answer is perfectly in harmony with His will. So when we study the sovereignty of God, that's a challenge for some people. And this is is deep. Deep studies. God's sovereignty, working all things out for His glory and for our good. And so when we talk about something like that, and then we want to add to God's sovereignty prayer, it's hard. This is hard to make these work together. He's sovereign, doing all things perfectly, and so what difference will it make if I pray? And just to be honest, from an outsider's point of view, it looks foolish. It looks kind of silly for you, maybe you and somebody else, if you believe in God, to think that you can say some words, pray, and the God of the universe, who has an incredible plan, because of the prayers that you pray, it will affect that. Those things that got worked out would not have happened if God's people would not have called to him in prayer. It looks foolish to the one that does not know the miracles of God and the miracle of saving grace. But when we grab a hold of this and we see that prayer changes things, so I will sometimes ask people, are you a person of prayer? Do you believe in prayer? Sometimes I'll say prayer changes things. And that can be a deep study, but very much so what it is, it's a step of faith. 
It's a step of faith that God has something so much more wonderful for you than you could come, with on your, come up with on your own, than you can read in a book, or that somebody else could teach you. And it comes by admitting our ignorance, admitting that God will get involved in our weakness, that he has the power to do what we cannot do, and that when he does it, it is perfectly in line with the will of God the Father. There's God the Father just waiting. He's waiting for you. There's Jesus Christ. And I can't tell you anything else that he's doing except for praying. And the Holy Spirit within each of us praying on our behalf. When we look to God in our prayer time, I want to give us a very practical way to walk this out. There should be a place on the back of your bulletin to take some notes. I challenge you with these. These are very, very practical things you can do because I want us to be a church that has strong prayer, which is made up of individuals that have strong prayer. And then they get together with others that are prayer people. First thing that you need to do is you need to find a place and a time that is free from disturbance. And it was, I was tempted to write all kinds of things after this, but you're going to have to figure that out. So for some, of you that me, for some of you, that means you put do not disturb on your phone. For me, my phone is a part of that. I've got some music and some prayer requests and some things I've learned from God on my phone. Find a place and a time free from disturbance Did anybody else, has anybody else ever seen Jesus Christ and his example and thought, man, that guy was just a morning person? Have you ever thought that perhaps he got up so early in the morning because nobody else was bothering him? They were always bothering Jesus. There was always somebody calling out, help me, heal me, do something for me. And Jesus had compassion. Even when he needed rest, he would forego the rest and he would help them. And Jesus knew this principle. He got to a place and a time where he would not be disturbed. And I've heard this said, this was the only thing predictable about Jesus Christ, was that if you woke up at three in the morning, you could probably find him out somewhere praying. Find a place free from disturbance. And then I'd encourage you with this very practically, begin with a song. Some of you that are musicians might be able to play your own song and sing. Maybe you have a hymnal and you can take and choose a, a hymn. For me, I take my phone and I, I listen to a hymn. And not just any song. I don't want some heaven upbeat song. I want some song. This morning it was the song, Abide in Me. And that will help prepare us. Now I'm going to stop right here after number two and I'm going to tell you, the devil hates this. And so he can take all of these good things and he can even twist them. I have found myself pressing play on my music before, and before I know it, there's a half an hour has gone by. Well, I've run out of time. So even these good things you need to keep in check. Even these good things, the devil hates it, and he's going to take to twist it. And then something that you need to do, we've spent a lot of time talking about this already, but write it down. You need to wait. Each of us needs to wait. I have to find a time where my mind is not yet going towards things that are calling for my attention. Allow yourself to wait. And then next, meditate on the work of the Trinity. So when you think of yourself, 
Sometimes you might have a pretty big opinion of yourself when you start, or bigger than it should be. But when you think about God the Father, you're going to shrink. And when you think about God the Son and what he did and what he's doing right now, you're going to think, why have I not been doing this more? And when you think of God the Holy Spirit and present within you praying and in your son praying and in your parents praying and in those that you love and the missionaries on the other side of the world, and it never gets worn out. The wonderful ministry of the Holy Spirit within us. And then respond as the Spirit guides. When you do this, he's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. That might mean praying for someone specifically. It might be to mean another song. It might mean just praising him. And if you're doing this prayer time right, you will never walk away without being grateful. You'll be so grateful for all the things that you've been given. And the devil puts in our minds that we want more, we deserve more, we're not getting ours. And when you spend this time in prayer, you will always have a grateful heart. And then don't be afraid to spend more time in silence. Again with the silence, Jeremy, yes, have silence at the beginning and have silence in the middle. And then pray for individuals or pray for burdens that God brings to mind. I'll just share with you very personally, I don't, I don't have to write my spouse's name down to remember to pray for Tina. She's always on my mind. I don't have to keep my kid's name on a list to pray for them. And as the Holy Spirit leads you, you pray. Pray for those individuals. The one that you're going to see later that day, the one that you know is struggling. Let the Spirit lead you and guide you in your direction in prayer. And then continue to let the Holy Spirit lead. Just be patient. And if your mind, let's get real, everybody. If your mind gets in first gear and you're thinking about work or you're thinking about whatever task ahead of you, you might just stop. I mean, if, if you can't, because, I mean, you can't be silent if you're thinking about those things. So you might need to hang it up. You might need to start earlier. As you can, allow the Holy Spirit to continue to lead and then embrace that silence from beginning to middle to end. This is the deep work of prayer that causes the devil to tremble. He cannot handle it. He is content with you to do everything else, even the good things, if you'll do it apart from prayer. And so I would challenge you this day with this question. Are you a person of prayer? Years ago, I, I came to Calvary and I met with Pastor Bracy. And I remember asking him this question being new to the church family. And I asked him this question. He had been around for a long time. Long, long time. No offense. Long, long time. Pastor Bracy had been around. I said, who are the prayer warriors at Calvary? And I was blessed as he told me, names of individuals that he knew, not because they bragged or had a t-shirt, prayer warrior, but because they were ones who could pray for a request, who would pray for a list, who had a time every day and a place every day where they prayed, and an individual who had seen the power of God manifest on earth because they were not afraid to do the deep and challenging work of bring a warrior 
of prayer. Would you be a prayer warrior? Let's pray. Father, as we look to you, knowing that you were there waiting for me to call out before this sermon that you would bless, that you would work in hearts, that this word in Romans chapter 8 would, would be so special to us as we look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you were there and knew it was coming. We thank you for Jesus Christ and allow us to continue to sing about what he did here in this world. Allow us to continue to praise you and him for the work on the cross and our sins forgiven. But we thank you today for what he is doing our mediator, our intercessor, saying, Father, listen to your children. Would you bless them? And as I oftentimes do, I think of myself so unworthy, but Jesus Christ just puts his arm around me and you see him and his holiness and then I've been washed in the blood of the lamb. So you receive my prayer and then you answer with blessings. And we praise you for the Holy Spirit as I oftentimes picture him just weaving in and out of the people here at the church and even going out over the radio station and other venues, the wonderful ministry of the Holy Spirit, we thank you for these things. And we ask, God, that you would allow us to be individuals that will do the hard work of prayer. I'm going to ask the piano to play through while you have your heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to give you a chance to pray. The topic's been obvious today. And whether you're a young Christian who's never had a habit of prayer, a discipline of prayer, whether you're one who's had one and you've let it go, or whether you're a strong prayer warrior and you know there's something even deeper for you, I want to challenge you to pray to God even in this moment. It could be there's somebody here today and they've never prayed that most important prayer Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and your sins. And your very first prayer or the next prayer out of your mouth can be, Jesus, forgive me. And he promises to forgive you and make you his child. And that is our promise of eternal life and hope and purpose in this world. If you need to pray that prayer, I'd invite you to do so.